Welcome to the Conic Blueprint, where we talk about topics in the recruiting and staffing industry with the end goal to help improve people's lives. I'm Jen Fitzke with my co-host, Tom Gettle. This podcast is brought to you by Conic, a technical recruiting company focusing on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing positions in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the 14th episode of the Conic Blueprint podcast. We're excited to have Rob Borchart with us today. Rob is the Director of Student Life and Career Services at Denwood College of Technology in Minneapolis. For over 13 years, Rob has worked closely with students and technical hiring managers, and he shares his insights into Dunwoody and the companies they support. Rob brings a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in education leadership. In this episode, Rob discusses a wide range of topics, including what students are seeking in their careers, why young adults should consider a technical degree, Dunwoody's stackable education approach, and how he encourages managers to hire on learning abilities in addition to education. Enjoy this episode of the Conic Blueprint Podcast. What would you say is the biggest difference between a degree in education from Dunwoody Technical College and a liberal arts college and liberal arts degree? Yeah, you know, I think when we talk about what's the difference between, say, uh, uh, Dunwoody and, you know, the the four-year liberal arts around town, um, you know, at, at our core, our mission is that hands-on applied technical learning. Um, so the learn by doing, um, you know, get your hands dirty, go do something. So if you think about uh, our style of education, is is something that is sounds a little bit like we're going to tell you how to do something, and then we're going to show you how to do something, and then you are going to do it. And if you don't get it, then we're going to repeat the process. Um, so if you think about you know professions and industries and jobs that um, there's just no way to learn to do something without actually getting your hands in, you know, on equipment or be able to experience what is the, you know, what is the industry actually doing and what are they trying to accomplish doing that while you're in school? That's kind of our bread and butter. Um, the term hands-on gets thrown around a lot in a lot of different Not, educational yeah. settings. And uh, it's just, you know, even I've worked at Dunwoody for 13 years now, and we see more and more schools label their education hands-on. And I think that's just because people really want that. You know, people really want the idea of, of, of uh, learning by doing. Mm-hmm. And that's really been our mission um, as an institution for over 100 years is, uh, is learn by doing. And, um, you know, the way we do education is really tailored towards getting people into certain industries at certain job levels. Um, there are just so many jobs out there in the world where um, you just have to know some technical skills. You've got to have some of the, the knowledge. Um, are companies willing to teach you how to do certain things? Some are and some aren't, but like there's just so many jobs where you, you cannot come in to the job level you want to come in at, at the, at, you know, with a, with a four-year degree in some kind of liberal arts. Um, and that's not to say anything bad whatsoever about liberal arts degrees because, you know, we, we don't think there's anything wrong with either way to go. Um, but, um, uh, but there's just so many professions, industries, kinds of jobs where that technical training is just such a necessity. And, um, and we get asked this question a lot. The funny thing about this question is that, you know, lots of people answer this question in different ways. And what people don't really know about 
education like us is that you still have to take general education credits. You still have to take generals. You still have to, you know, the kinds of like liberal arts education, we still do that for all of our degrees too. Just, you know, it ends up being about a third, you know, quarter to a third of a degree program. So we still teach problem solving. We still teach communication skills. We still teach um, all those things too. It's just in a, in a sense of, you know, fit into a certain profession, right. really. Because those are all skills that all employers are going to want their employees to have, obviously. Yeah, one of my primary jobs is to talk to, you know, talk with employers, What you know, people who want to hire our students. I talk to them all the time. And the thing that they, that they tell me over and over and over again is, is uh, I can teach a lot of technical skills. But what I cannot teach is work with other people and communication skills and problem solving skills. And so we produce students that that have a super, super strong background, but so much of our education and the way we go about it and like that Dunaway style is to tailor projects and education that is very specific um, to what's going on in industry so that right. people come up with both the technical skills and also the idea of you're going to work with a lot of people to accomplish a lot of goals. So how do you do that part too? Um, right. It's not just, um, you know, you, do you have the newest software package on your, uh, you know, on your resume or not? Right. Can I ask you another question that relates to this? So this is very much on my mind. I have twin 18-year-olds who started college this year, and neither one of them had a very specific idea of what they wanted to do. So they started out in community college, which I thought was fantastic. But are do you get students like that who are kind of on the fence and unknown, but know they want to do something technical or, you know... I'm just trying to figure out if my kids, you know, in a parallel, should they have looked at Dunwoody, not necessarily knowing if they were going to be technical or not? Yeah, I mean, from a from a big picture perspective, I I always tell people that what we do, whether it's Dunwoody or another school that's that's you know adjacent to us, everyone I think should consider what we do. Because there's no downside to, you know, to, to looking at your options. Um, we're not for everyone, but everyone should take a look at just to consider it. Um, if you look at Dunwoody and our population, you know, our average student age right now is 24 years old. Half, uh, half of our students are what we would call traditional college students. That's between 18 to 24. So that means half are older, right? So there's lots of people out there in the world who they graduate from college and you just don't know what you want to do. And it's an unfair question to ask someone in high school, what do you want to do when you grow up, right? <laughs> what do you want to, what kind of job do you want to have? Like, there's so many people who just don't know and, you know, when I, you know, putting myself back in the shoes of being in high school, it was do what you're passionate about, find your passion. And, it, you know, there's just so many people who are like, I don't know what my passions are. I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what that means. And so there's just so many people that, you know, I, that when they graduate, the best, the best option is to just go take some general somewhere to, and, and do some career exploration. That it's so, so common for, for students to end up coming to school with us. Um, we host a lot of things on campus. We host open houses about once a month. And that's the primary reason is because we have students who just, who want to look, take a look at Dunway. They want to see all of the options here at the same time. And, um, you know, they don't necessarily want to talk with, you know, they don't want a one-on-one tour. They, you know, maybe they want a group tour. They, they just want to 
be able to step foot in our doors and just see what we do. And so we're, we're really good at taking people uh, who are just like, I don't know what I want to do. Maybe you don't know what he's for me. My, my neighbor, uncle, brother, sister, parents said, maybe I should come to school here. What, what even is this? I, all I do is ever drive past here and your building looks like a factory. <laughs> you know, and, and so, uh, and so what do you do? And, and so we, we, we work with students quite a bit on the, on the early part, you know, pre-enrollment just to make sure they're in a, perf- they're in a degree that they think is going to be, uh, that's going to work for them. And I work with lots of these students because the, I think the misnomer about our education is you choose one of our degrees and you have a very prescribed career path. And that's right. not the case for any of our degrees. You have so many options from any of our degrees. Um, you know, you go into our auto program, that doesn't mean you're going to be an auto mechanic for the entire rest of your life. There's so many things you can do with any of our degrees. So, so yeah, we, we work with lots of students who are kind of where they are. So I don't know what to do. That's, that's a very, very common thing to, to happen. And, um, a lot of Dunway students, we are, we're, we, we are their second, third or fourth college just because it took them a little while to get here. Okay. It's awesome. Really, really good advice, Rob. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you mentioned a bit earlier that you're, you um, are often speaking with employers and, and learning what they need. And, and uh, I'm guessing maybe you have a little bit of insight in terms of what trends you're seeing um, in the, the workplace as, as well as, um, you know, perhaps Dunwoody is, is implementing new uh, programs to, to meet what the um, industries are asking for. Uh, for example, what we've noticed the last couple of years is the uh, mechatronics field. Uh, a blend of, of uh, mechanical, electrical, and software, I believe. Uh, are you seeing trends along those lines or different avenues within um, uh, Dunwoody, the programs? Yeah, so we we have a number of programs. Uh, so if you look at our programs, our list of majors from that two-year degree level really hasn't changed for a long time. Okay. But we, but we um, are, are the mission of the school is to meet the needs of industry and to support the Minneapolis, Twin Cities, Minnesota, you know, larger Midwest uh, marketplace, right? So we actually, we're so, so good at partnering with industry. Our, our teachers are, are incredibly well connected. And we, we hold meetings on our campus for all of our majors every year to where we bring people from industry and say, what's going on in your world? Um, have you hired our students recently? What, what were they really good at? What do they need to know more of? Take a look at our curriculum. What's going on in your world? What do we need to add? What do we need to drop? Just you know, generally, what are the things um, that, are, that are happening out there? Uh, from my perspective, it's so interesting. So I've been in this job for, since 2015. So if you think like, What's the job market, you know, been like? What's the differences between 2015 and now? Sure. And and in like the biggest, broadest sense, I can say is that there's just a blurring of lines of across lots of different kinds of jobs. You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, our, um, you know, a, an electronics and automation person. You know, I see more and more jobs that they want someone who's CCNA certified, or they have an A plus certification, or they, they have those like computer networking thing, uh, certifications, or people that are really strong electrical, but they also need to have networking skills. Um, there's, so there's just a blending of jobs, and we see that across all of our majors. Um, you know, we we have um, we used to have three different majors in the graphics and printing world. We've narrowed that down to one major now because the the lines got 
blurred enough where someone needs to know design and um, production and how to operate a, a really expensive fancy press um, and okay. so um, so we so we we sometimes will change our majors around but really it's it's the 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 curriculum that we're actually teaching and one of the things that we're always trying to do is try to figure out okay we're teaching this class over here and we're teaching a very similar class over here why can't those students sit in the same room together um, and and then they start talking to each other because there's a reason you know why we might teach a, a class in in a couple of different areas. So, for example, um, we have students in their very first semester um, that take the same class, like uh, automation students, electronic students, and electrical construction students all basically take the same first semester class. So, well, we typically, you know, have automation and electronics in a different department and say, electrical um but um can those people share share instruction can they share you know because in reality are, you know could they all apply to the same job afterwards absolutely um so yeah we we definitely see um you know mechatronics is such an interesting term because that that's one of those terms that just means a lot of things to a lot of different people um, <laughs> yep. um, sounds, sounds, <laughs> sounds interesting it's an interesting term <laughs> yeah it, we've had our automation program for uh, for decades, and okay. and um, so when we talk about like electrical, electromechanical technicians and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, you know that's that's so many that that's just a broad umbrella, and um, yeah, I get more and more employers who are like, you know what, I just need someone who has like some, you know, basic electrical skills and can turn wrenches, and there's there's that all the way to, you know, I need some, I absolutely have to have someone who has. You know these ten must-haves, and and we're and and, I'm, and that when I talk to them, like you're narrowing down your your candidate pool a little bit here. This is a pretty yeah. advanced person. Um, I think you you know as career services guy, I, I I talk to enough employers. I feel like you and I probably have uh, similar conversations with employers about like what exactly you were looking for. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and <my> thought. <laughs> yeah, and and for me, I you know. Um, my background before um, Dunwoody, I, I did recruitment for a couple of years, um, so I, I I have a little bit of background. You know, a decade ago though, talking with you know people who hire about here's what I need, and um, and so for me it's just a lot about you know trying to match people to what they want, but also seeing the evolution of of jobs and 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 what people are looking for has been super interesting, especially in the COVID world where all of a sudden. The job market is crazy tilted towards our students, and then in the span of a week, there are no jobs at all, and then back to kind of where we are now, where the job market's really kind of crazy and balanced back to our students again. Just seeing what exactly skills that that people are looking for, and what they're and who they're willing to talk to, um, and how job descriptions look, um, we're kind of really back to that area of okay, these things all kind of blend together a little bit. You know, I could. What, what used to be someone out of one specific program can now be someone out of five or six different programs. Sure, oh, great. Because you wouldn't necessarily think that like, if you said, I want an electromechanical technician, and I said, hey, look, I have a student who graduated from our automotive program, 
three or four years ago. He's, he's been in auto tech. Um, but in that time, he was certified um, in heating and cooling systems. He was certified in, you know, these three or four areas. Yeah. Like this person has, they, they absolutely have the skills that you're looking for. They've just never worked on this robot before. So, so take them and put two, three, four weeks of training into them, just like you would, right. you know, this other person and take them. They're, they're going to be amazing. They have the skills that you need. And, and that, that ask from me um, is a, is I got a, I got a yes much easier to that now than I, than I did, you know, back in 2015 when I took the, when I took this uh, and took on this role. Excellent. I think I know where you're going to go with this next one because you, you've kind of talked about it a little bit, but it is still something I'm really curious about. So Dunwoody in the last few years added four-year degrees. And so I was curious to know what precipitated that. Was that um, a request from the the local community hiring the students or what? Yeah, yeah. What started that? So, yeah, I've... I've uh, um, so we always talk about meeting the needs of, of both our students and industry, right? So we, we want to um, pay very close attention to what our students are asking for and, uh, and what uh, employers are asking us for. And, you know, maybe even finding a market for education that, um, that we can be like the first ones into. And mm-hmm. one of the cool things that we did, we did this probably um, this is before I joined Dunaway. So this, this, uh, I, I couldn't find the exact date which we launched this program, but we actually launched a business management program in like the mid 2000s. And this was our first bachelor's completion program. So the idea behind it was Dunwoody has this highly entrepreneurial um, student base. Um, we think we have a much more entrepreneurial student base than, than almost any other school in the Twin Cities area. Uh, so students came to us and said, I want to start my own business. I want to be my own contractor. I want to start my own shop. I want to take my two-year degree in this highly technical area and start my own business because that's that's a pretty normal thing to do in, in say, electrical or HVAC or auto or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to give students the ability to do that. Um, and and also we have students at the time who said, I just want to get a bachelor's degree. Like, that is a bachelor's degree is a requirement in my field and most, and my company doesn't care what it's in, but I need to have one in order to, you know, in order to extend my career in this field. So back in the mid two thousands, we started um, a business uh, management bachelor's completion program. And, and I think, I, I don't know this with 100% certainty, but I think at the time we were the only school that could, that was articulating a two year associate of applied science degree, 100% of credits into a four-year program because, you know, for, you know, you know, big picture, why do we have bachelor's completion programs is because it's really hard to transfer a two-year degree into like a social applied science degree into a bachelor's degree program. Uh, if you take our degree and you go to any of the four-year schools around town, they say, we'll take your generals, but your technicals, they don't, they, they don't transfer in. They're not equivalent for anything that you want to do in this new major. So, so we began to really look into bachelor's completion programs. And so we, we offer a couple of things now. So the, the first thing, which I think is super cool, which, you know, not a lot of schools um, have committed a lot of resources to like we have, is just the idea of stackable education. We have some majors here. You can start in a certificate program. You can start with us in a welding one-year program. If you want, you know, if you want take your off-ramp, go get a job. 
and and go be an excellent welder. But if you want to stick around for a two-year degree, we can get you an additional uh, year of education, and and that would get you an associate degree. Great. You want to go get a job? Cool. Go get your job. If you want to stick around for two more years and get your bachelor's degree, say industrial engineering, or again, business management, you can do that. So we offer that certificate to bachelors in, in a couple different areas. Um, and so one of the things that we did is uh, that, that we did and are continuing to do is what are the areas where we can give students two additional years of, of education to get them to that bachelor's degree level that, again, is what they're asking for and, and is and meeting industry needs. So our two recent ones are uh, cybersecurity. So anyone with one of our, uh, our uh, anyone with a two-year degree in computer networking from any school um, and, you know, Mostly, we're seeing mostly students from around here, but for this main school, can can come into our bachelor's degree in cybersecurity. Um, and then we just uh, started an automation controls engineering program. So anyone with like an automation uh, or mechatronics two year degree can come to us and get a, a you know an automation controls engineering d- degree. Uh, at the same time, you know we we saw a, a potential opportunity to do more traditional four-year degrees programs as well. So we, um, so we have tr- more traditional programs. We, we launched a school of engineering, uh, um, you know, five, six years ago. So we offer mechanical, electrical, and software engineering. It's more traditional engineering programs that are not really that two plus two model. Um, so we're able to, to kind of get people through, you know, two different kinds of educational models that serve two different kinds of people that might get people into similar careers. But all done in the Dunwoody style. Like, what do we? So we always think about what what can we do in the future that is kind of the the Dunwoody style uh, that meets that that there's there's demand for those kinds of jobs, um, and um, and also what are people asking us for? There was a long time where people thought you know I you know I used to work on the admissions side of Dunwoody. People would ask you know we go to high schools and say. And people say, I'm interested in your mechanical engineering program. And this is before we, you know, we had that traditional four-year mechanical engineering program. So, yeah. so it's like, um, there's obviously that demand for it because people, people are asking for it. Um, so uh, we're always kind of on the lookout for what's that next area that we can go into. Uh, you know, do we launch a degree that's called mechatronics or do we just change our curriculum a little bit um, so that we can meet that the need of, of something like that or, um, sure. So we talk a lot about about what kind of jobs need what kind of degree level and how can we how can we do that we we have a pretty lofty goal of students that we want to serve over the next uh, five years or so so you know offering new kinds of education and even more non traditional style of training for companies is, is it's uh it's all kind of stuff that that we look at as far as growth opportunities. Okay. Yeah, that's that's awesome, and I love how you you phrase that uh, uh, stackable education. Uh, I, I wrote that down too. Yeah, it's a great model. Like you said, if someone wants to get a welding certificate, they can do that. Go on to get an associate's degree, and you know, go work in the industry for a while, and then come back and get their next degree. Um, I think it's I think it's a great um, great way to structure things. Yeah, and, and the the thing about Dunwoody students is that they they want to go and work, right? Like mm-hmm. our students don't come to us and say. I can't wait to spend four years in college, you know, and not, and, you know, they, they're like, they're, they're hungry to make money. So, so our students are just like, they want to get out and work as soon as possible. And so if given the chance to say uh, that after two years, you can go get a job and you can go make really good money 
and also look at your bachelor's degree at the same time. All of our bachelor's completion programs, we offer either at night or fully online. So after that two-year mark, the whole idea is that you're going to go get a job, no matter if you're staying with us or not. So if it's so, you know, somebody gets that two-year degree, they go work, they, they graduate with a four-year degree. So imagine graduating at 22 with a four-year degree, but you also have two years experience and you're, and you're already making fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year. That's a pretty cool way to go through college. Uh, yeah. That's very different than that traditional four-year school. Uh, so, you know, going back again to like, what's the difference between us and make like a more traditional four-year degree school is that we really tailor our education around the ability to, for students to get jobs in their field as yeah. early as possible. Uh, because that's what that's really what they want to. I had a follow up yeah. question on your engineering programs because I know they're still pretty new. Have they gone through long enough to get ABAT accredited yet? Yeah, we lost a year for COVID for that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so we um, um, we have a site visit from ABAT uh, that will be this year. And oh, okay. our our hope is for, and that's going to be for our mechanical engineering program. Okay. Um, our our hope is to hear back from them by, by the end of the school year. Okay. Um, the I think the language that we're allowed to use on that, uh, I think that's as, that's as big of a promise right. or guarantee as we're allowed to make on, on uh, from from the ABET side. Of, uh, but yeah, our sure. our goal is certainly to to obtain that. But yeah, we we are early. Um, we should have had that last year, but. COVID set us back a year on that. Um, but our industrial engineering program, which is our uh, bachelor's completion program for any manufacturing degree, um, that is ABET accredited. Uh, that's We've had that program for a long time. So that, that definitely has been around for ABET. And, and uh, we certainly have every intention of, of gaining ABET for both our mechanical and electrical engineering programs. Um, I have not yet heard whether we are going to do that for the controls engineering, but it wouldn't surprise me if we did. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, that accreditation process is interesting just because you have to have you have to have graduates from the program and then you have to show certain outcomes from those people. And, um, you know, it ends up you launch a four year degree in mechanical engineering. You don't get a bed. You don't theoretically get a bed accredited until like year six or seven or something like that. So it's a very long process to go through. But but uh, yeah, I think uh, my hopes are high. And and, uh, once we have that, uh, then, uh, you know. Things things definitely change once you get the once you get that industry accreditation, especially for this yeah. one. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Switching gears a little bit to uh, towards uh, diversity and inclusion, um, Rob, what can you say um, uh, about Dunwoody's efforts to take? Uh, I'm sorry, to reach students of color and, and women to both enroll in the programs and then support them during their education. Yeah, so we've we've made. Uh, We've made this a strategic priority for the school. Um, so, mm-hmm. um, and we've, you know, for, ever since I've worked at Dunwoody, um, you know, we've done a lot of outreach to try and increase enrollment for both our students of color and our and and for women at Dunwoody. Um, and so, a couple of cool things that we do. Um, a couple of years ago, we started a program called Women in Technical uh, Careers, and it's to get w- women into more non-traditional technical uh, roles. Um, between that program and a number of other um, scholarships that we're able to offer, um, our, our our total like our percent of of, of female students at Dunwoody is definitely increasing. We're um, uh, we're up to about twenty percent this year, um, and so um, you know. In overall, for, for colleges, 20%, I think, would seem pretty low, but that's definitely uh, increasing for us um, just because of the nature of our, our programs. But, 
but that's been a really, really successful program for us. When we see uh, the number of people who apply to that program, uh, what we're able to do for those students as they as they go through and they graduate, the difference between uh, starting and finishing are amazing program outcomes. Um, so uh, we've done a really, really nice job with that. Um, for students of color, we just started a new program called uh, Pathways to Careers, and it's mm-hmm. kind of the next step evolution. We've had this program called YCAP, the Youth Career Awareness Program. We've had that program for like 30 years, and the idea behind that program and the, the Women's and Technical Careers Program is to give people a really nice big scholarship, um, help mm-hmm. them financially to start off with and get through school, and um, and so this this new iteration of a program for us called Pathways to Careers, um, don't we really made that um, a priority as well. We went out and uh, hired a brand new role for someone to be um, someone who really is in charge of managing um, some community partnerships to drive enrollment for us in these specific areas. Um, so a lot of it is partnering with communities. You know, we do tons and tons of high school outreach. Um, we do a lot, of, you know, all the stuff that colleges do to, to reach out to colleges, or I'm sorry, to high schools. We do all that stuff too, but like what, what else is there? And for us, you know, we, we really want to take something that we're really good at, which is building partnerships with industry and really translate that to the, the rest of the community as well to, to help not, you know, not just for us to drive enrollment, but for us to be a partner for people, um, you know, with people in the community as well. Right. Uh, we we see so many people who come to school here and really have this like life-changing experience and it doesn't just change their lives it changes their families' lives and their communities' lives so so for us we think like how can we get more people to come through this experience that we can provide people and it's really through a lot of industry partnerships so so uh, so the two people that run those programs they spend a lot of time just with you know partners out there in the community and just seeing what we can do is to, to serve more of their constituents too, to see if we can, you know, have them become students at Dunwoody. Um, so that's, that's kind of the front side of how do we get more, um, more students at Dunwoody. Um, and again, this is a big priority for the school to be able to, um, to increase enrollment in these areas. And, you know, A, it's because it's such a, you know, Dunwoody, we say internally Dunwoody changes lives, right? But I, I think education just generally changes people's lives. But what we're able to do for people as far as, you know, uh, education that looks a little more, a little more like job training and then helping them get out in the field and, and all this stuff, um, it just does so much good for, for people. Um, so um, so, we, so we're, we're trying to help out that way. On the other side, on the employer side, you know, every company around says we need we need to and want to help diversify our workforce, and so we just have a lot of employers who are like, you know, how do we how do we hire more women? And and, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm happy to go back to those companies and say, help us recruit more women. You know, you want more people, yeah. you want more women to be, you know, in automation or machining or whatever. Like, you know, let's have a conversation about how we can work together so that you can help support us. Mm-hmm. With the recruitment side, it's not just saying, "Hey, you know, can I come to your school and talk to you to, and talk to the you know female students or whatnot?" Um, so right. we have a lot of those conversations across the board with with all of our you know constituents, uh, um, you know, all of our partners on 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 not just the hiring side, but how can we all work together to get more people to consider schools like Dunwoody for education? Yeah. Um, yeah. On the other side, um, I, I'm also, um, you know, 
I, I, I'm one of the people who heads up our, our diversity, equity, inclusion uh, group here at Dunwoody too. So uh, we've, we've spent the last uh, uh, year, a little over a year, writing a, a whole new uh, strategic plan on how do we support students when, they, when they're here. It's because you can't just enroll more students of color and more women at Dunwoody and then just expect them to, you know, all of a sudden be successful. You got to support them while they're here too, right? Um, right. So, so we have a, a bunch of new initiatives. We changed some positions around with the with the entire goal of retaining more students. Um, generally, we do a really good job at retaining students, but you can always do better. You never ever want someone to leave school for a preventable reason or for a reason that um, that it, that it just shouldn't have happened or like if you were able to find someone and figure their figure out what obstacles they have before maybe they even know what their obstacles are and help solve those pro those those problems proactively like that's really right now what we're trying to focus on is is find people who have obstacles who may not come to us and tell us so that we can solve those problems um you know if you think about first generation students or if you think about students of color or people who um, just have a hard time affording going to school. Like there, there are a number of factors that we can take a look at and just say, statistically, we kind of know what the students' problems are, right? Um, we know that people who who have a hard time affording school might also have um, transportation that's not super reliable, or maybe taking public transportation. And guess what? There's a bus driver shortage now. So, so you know, are they making it to school on time every single day? And, and so if you think about um, the staff we have here, um, the team we have here to help support students, um, I think we're doing a really good job this year on on making sure that um, the students that, you know, enrolling more students and then making sure they're really, really successful here. Um, I, I tell people all the time, the reason why I've worked here for so long is that I can't imagine another school, another group of people who they are, our faculty and all of our staff here are, who are just like so um, dedicated and go so out of their way to make sure that people are, are feeling welcome and feeling like we're, like they're supported um, and that we're able to do stuff for people. You know, if you don't show up on the first day of school, your teacher's going to call you and, and that's, <laughs> and that's not the case in a lot of schools. Um, right. So, so, uh, but that is the case here. That's yeah. awesome. I was thinking about, you talked about the high school outreach that of course you do. And one of the things I was able to do when I was in high school was um, take part of the post-secondary enrollment options program. Is Dunwoody a PSEO option for high schoolers? Yeah. Yep. We certainly do PSEO. Um, we, um, I believe for us, we only do the senior year. Sure, um, but, but I think for us, you know, we always think about What's on the table? What's going to be most helpful to to students? What's going to, um, you know, what are ways that we can help uh, both grow our enrollment, but what's very, you know helpful to, to to students and whatnot? So, um, I think one of the things we're doing is certainly um, exploring ways to grow the PSEO program. Um, we we have this metric that we want to hit of of not just full time student headcount, but but actual students served that can come through our doors in any number of ways. And like I said before, some of that is, is things like uptraining your current workforce. But we also want to take a look at PSEO as well, um, where, you know, that might not necessarily, you know, for some people that could just be taking some of the general education credits, that's for, for some of our majors. Um, 
And, you know, but what else can we do for students to help grow that? You know, we historically don't have lots of PSEO students, not nearly as much as, as um, some of the Minnesota State um, schools do. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we definitely are an option. And for, for people who might not know, PSEO is where high school students can go to a local college that works with the program and they can take college credits for high school credit as well. And then it counts for college as well. So they come out with basically duplicate credits um, and the state pays for it and they pay for the tuition and they pay for the books. The student um, does need to provide their own transportation, but those other costs are covered. So it's a great option to really get ahead and um, have reduced tuition overall once you enroll. If you're really smart about it, you can start your first year of school as like a third semester sophomore. Yeah. yeah. I did it my senior year. My sister did it her junior year, wherever. I don't even remember where she went, but she, yeah. It, it, yeah. If you do it right, you come out. Yeah. Some, some schools let you do it for two full years. Um, so okay. we, we only, I think we only let students go for the senior year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, if you think about college, just from a sheer business perspective, like a cost per credit and yeah. how much the cost per credits are more now than they were, you know, sure. back whatever time frame you want to look at. Um, you know, I'll, I'll age myself a little bit. I, I graduated from high school 20 years ago. Um, and, you know, the cost per year from the college I ended up, I ended up going to, that, that school now is five times more this yeah. year than it was 20 years ago. So the cost per credit, if you think about that, you know, PSEO ends up, you know, saving an untold amount dollar oh, thousands. amount. thousands. Yeah, yeah. Right, absolutely. Right. Thousands of or, dollars. Or even if you think about the, the you know, taking out loans to pay for school and what is the interest on those loans? Like, the, you know, you take out fewer loans, you get, you spend a lot less on interest. And so it's, right. uh, it's, it's just from a sheer business perspective. Every single person should do that. There's, it's a no brainer to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, a question I've been uh, excited to ask, uh, what is the job market like like for Dunwoody grads? Yeah, I mean the the great news for Dunwoody students is the job market for them is amazing, and yeah. uh, and and uh, on the flip side, I would say that's kind of the bad news for a lot of employers out there. There's a lot of competition <laughs> for students again. So yeah, uh, we we get a lot of calls uh, it, for 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 our students again. Um, we track this metric um, of job leads per graduate, and um, last year it went down a couple. Um, so we typically hover in that 13 to 15 job leads per graduate number, oh. which ends up being around, you know, 14, 15,000 job leads a year for us. Um, during the COVID year that was substantially decreased. Um, but you know, this year it's going to be way, way, way up. Um, we, we have, I have more job leads right now for students to look through, um, than I've had in years. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we, the, the job market for a long time, uh, for the last couple of months, I, I, maybe six months or so, I've thought that the job market looked a lot like the 2019 job market, just from a, mm-hmm. just a sheer right. metric standpoint, it looked just yeah. like 2019. And, um, but I think it's getting even better. It's kind of looking like a year ago, not a year ago, but like two years ago, the 2019 market still like where it was sure. just ramping up still. So the job market looks really good for our students. Uh, the students who graduated last May are doing uh, are doing very good. 
Um, they are seeing a pretty decent sized chunk in uh, increase in average salary as well. Um, so there, it, it seems like there's more jobs for them to apply to that pay more money than than uh, than than they've seen in a few years. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really really good uh, for them. I I'm kind of back to that mentality of when a, someone calls me and says, "Hey, I need one. I need an electromechanical technician." I'm just like. Well, and I know you probably do, um, but I don't know that <laughs> I don't know that I have a lot of people for you to choose from right now. Um, so for for a lot of our majors, it's uh, we're just getting way more phone calls for students than we have students, um, and that's yeah. especially true. Um, plug out there for anyone who's thinking about enrolling into, say, like a civil surveying program. You want to be a land surveyor. Uh, there's a million of those jobs right now. Um, anything in manufacturing is, is, is great. Construction management is great. Uh, most mm-hmm. of our construction areas, uh, the jobs are just crazy. Engineering right now, we, I think the biggest increase in job leads for us is probably in our engineering students, mm-hmm. um, which is, which yeah. is really, really great. So, um, yeah. so yeah, the job market is awesome. Um, I, I, I used to ingest, uh, say people to people just like kidding. Hey, the job market is great. And, you know, unless anything major happens like something and some, you know, a certain thing that makes the job market terrible. And then the pandemic actually hit and I felt like I felt very bad for in years trying to make jokes about how right. the job market could get really bad really fast for people. And then all of a sudden the job market got like the worst job market on record on any record. <laughs> um, right. Right. Um, but uh, so I don't say that anymore, but I'd say pending anything bad happening, the job market right. for looks, looks really, really, really good. So, um, so I, I would, I, I have a lot of confidence to tell students who might be thinking about enrolling here that um, the job market when they would potentially graduate, um, it, it definitely looks really good. I, I think, I feel confident to say that. Yeah, awesome. fantastic. Music to our ears, isn't it, Tom? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's great. We do a, an entire different conversation um, about, you know, how, how, um, how do employers get the uh, get attention of those candidates that they that they want that are coming out of uh, Dunwoody, right? It's if they're getting, you know, 13 to 15 or more leads per student, you know, that's a, it's a lot of competition. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard. For, for some of our, and I'll tell you for some of our majors, I don't even like, I kind of eliminate that, that metric off of our report because the number just doesn't even, it's not even the realm of believable. And those are usually our majors. We just have a hard, for most of our majors, we just need more students, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about Dunwoody, um, we we're just like one step higher on the hiring funnel than, than, than other people are, you know, if you think about candidates and where they come from, um, because, you know, think about some of our majors, you know, if, um, like surveyors, for example, we gave that example. You know, there are some years where we might only graduate four or five surveyors, but we might right. get, you know, three, four hundred job postings for them. Oh my you gosh. know, so you know, so like if I if I'm like a job lead per graduate, you know, I don't want to ever, like, I, I'm not going to advertise that we have a hundred per hundred to one ratio. Like that's that's like that's not really a good number to tell a lot of people because then then companies are like, well, well, I'm just not even going to try to hire that most three, you know? Um, so, so, uh, so I talk with companies all the time like that. Like one of my primary jobs is talk with employers about how do you engage more with our students and how do you, you know, you know, don't just send me a job lead. Don't just, you know, don't just send a job lead by handshake. That can't be it. Um, so what else do you do? 
And for, for our students, what I've heard over and over from companies for our students is, is that they're amongst the hardest to recruit just because there's not a lot of them. Uh, but once you get them, that they're awesome. You know, everyone loves Absolutely. to hire our students. So, yeah. uh, so, so really just hiring from us, it's like you got to put some time into it and, and uh, you got to have that time available. And a, yeah. a lot of people, um, that's, that's a, that proposition, I think, is, a, is, a, is something that a lot of people have to think about because I, I would always tell companies that our students are absolutely worth hiring. But for some majors, we have a lot of students and some majors, there's just not that many. So, so it's, a, it's, you know, but I have those conversations all the time with people and anyone who wants to hire from, from us, I, I'm always happy to take time and, and talk to them and talk to them about how they do that. Right. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised. Uh, Jen and I, we both have been in um, the engineering, manufacturing, electronics, recruiting uh, sector for over 20 years each in the Minneapolis area, and you know, we, we have good relationships with all the tech schools, and they're all they're all very good. Um, Dunwoody has always been just the the, the, the very very sought after school to to identify uh, new graduates from it. Even even you know five, 10, 15 years into someone's career, if they have Dunwoody. On the resume, it, it gets attention. Definitely. Yeah, and I don't think people know we've been around for uh, since 1914, so we, we've been around wow. forever. So, so we have graduates uh, in some fields. We have graduates, um, you know, who are like, I've been in this field for 40 years, and my dad went, it, you know, went to Dunwoody, uh, and, <laughs> you know, and so it's and, great. Yeah, so especially like the, the uh, like electrical, for example, that's one of our original programs. You know, you, yeah. you can, you know, you're in the electrical world for you know, five minutes and you've met tons of Dunwoody graduates because the field is full of them um, because we've had it forever. So, so um, uh, I, I love that Dunwoody graduates are like, they love to hire Dunwoody graduates. Uh, that's just, that's one thing that I've, I've seen too, is that uh, mm-hmm. our alumni love to hire our alumni. Um, and that's, yeah. that's true for most schools, but I, but that's, but it's absolutely true for us too. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much. We're going to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> I've got some fun questions that really are just for fun. Um, it's our lightning round, but slow or fast, it's up to you. Yeah, yeah. So the first one is, what do you prefer, comedy shows or concerts? You know, I loved comedy shows um, all the way up until a few years out of college, uh, but I just kept getting picked on, made fun of by the comedians. So, so, uh, uh, so I'm much more of a concert goer these days, uh, but I have not been to a concert in a while though. My last concert, I think, um, my wife and I were just talking about what was the last concert we went to. And I think it was the, um, the last time the Foo Fighters were in town was the last concert I might've gone to. Oh, awesome. um, yeah. Oh, but I, I, I'm, I'm way more of a concert guy these days than a comedy yeah. show guy. Yeah. Okay. So what season do you prefer summer or winter? Uh, if I had to choose summer, um, this summer was way too hot. Uh, I hated it. Uh, yeah. I didn't hate it. Uh, that's that's the lie. Um, I um, I will say though, I'm a sucker for fall. Um, I love I love being wear, uh, you know wearing shorts and a sweatshirt at the same time. And yeah. I'm, I'm a yeah. huge I'm a huge <laughs> golfer, and I love fall golf. It's my favorite time to, to for that too. So, okay. um, but yeah. summer for sure. Um, yeah, like I said, uh, I'm a huge golfer, and winter golfing and simulators is this doesn't quite do it for me. So, yeah, yeah. give me a give me a golf course any day in the summertime. I'm, I'm <laughs> quite happy with that. Hammocking right. or riding my bike or anything like that outside. So, all right. What is the last song you downloaded or listened to? 
Um, I've been on a huge Tom Petty listening spree right now. Oh, um, so okay. I've got a really nice Tom Petty um, Spotify list going. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of fun. Um, there's this version of uh, Learning to Fly that's a live version where Stevie Nicks is one of the background singers. Oh, and wow. um, oh. and uh, that's just it's a fun song to listen to for me, either on the way to or from work. Um, just because that's the kind of mood I've been lately. So, but Tom Petty, that's kind of my thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to find that one. I'm going to find that song. All right. Same question, but for TV, what are you currently streaming or binge watching? I just got done watching Loki on Disney Plus, which was a lot of fun. And um, I also... Um, you know, beginning of football season, big fantasy football guy. So I feel like I always catch myself rewatching the league. Um, at, when the, I don't know if you guys watched the league before, but it's all about people who are crazy into fantasy football and do ridiculous things. <laughs> um, it's definitely it's not a show I'd watch with my parents, uh, but it's on Hulu right now, and it's really fun. If you if you like fantasy Sweet. football, at all, it's it's a, it's a it's a good watch. Well, that's funny. That's well, great. thanks so much for coming on. This was really enlightening. I learned uh, quite a few things that I'll make sure that I just uh, reiterate at the end here. But um, yeah, for any students that are potential students or parents that want to check out the school, what's the best way for them to reach out to the school? Yeah, so best way, uh, go to our website, dunwoody.edu, um, and we have... Um, uh, you can sign up, you can RCP for one of our open houses. We do those once a month. Uh, they're usually Tuesdays from three to five. And they're really, really good times for people to stop by, talk to faculty. Um, we have faculty representation from all of our programs. You can take a tour, uh, talk to, you know, if someone from student affairs, talk about housing, fun stuff that we do, clubs, organizations, financial aid, we're all there at, at open houses. So it's a really, really great time to stop by. Um, and just see the school and but otherwise um give us a call um at any time and and uh and we'd be happy to talk to we have a whole team who can talk to people about enrolling in school here and set up times to take a look and and do all those things and, and i think if you look at our website against dunway.edu there's also a lot of virtual tours tours as well so people can kind of see what the building looks like inside um as well and uh um but the real, the real bread and butter is coming and talk to our teachers. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. what I always tell people is, um, you know, is our teachers are, are, are in it to make sure that their students are successful. Like they take yeah. so much pride in making sure that they take someone who doesn't know anything about whatever they're going to teach. And by the time that they leave, they're completely different people and they're ready to go find a job. And they take a ton, a ton of pride in, in knowing that all their students, um, you know, go and find jobs. Um, so, uh, so that that's the, the open houses. I'd say are um, they're a really really great time to stop by. Awesome, that's really excellent. Thank you so much again for your time and sharing this hour with us. It was awesome. It was really yeah. great. Thanks thank for you. the time. Appreciate it, and uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. So that was Rob Borchard of Dunwoody. He works in their uh, student placement uh, office, and boy, I learned so much that I didn't really realize about the school and the program he talked about their stackable education so your credits and your associate of applied science 100 transfer into a bachelor program that they have uh, so you can do that they have two new programs their cybersecurity degree and their automation controls degree 
And then the four-year degree programs that they've added multiples. I know for us at Conic, we do a lot of recruiting in the engineering space. So it's great to know that in addition to their existing industrial engineering program, which is ABAT accredited, uh, which is an accreditation that a lot of employers uh, look for in their engineers, they're also going to be adding, hopefully soon, the accreditation to their mechanical engineering program and then looking at it for their electrical engineering program. And then the other four-year degree they have in engineering is software engineering. And you can find a full list of all of their program offerings at Dunwoody. That's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y dot E-D-U. Um, if you have a high schooler or you are a high schooler and you want to take a look at the school, you can go to that website and look at when their next open house is going to be. They are once a month on Tuesdays from three to five. If you would prefer to do a virtual tour, you can do that. Go to their website for that option. And if you're not quite close to high school graduation and you want to take a look at the school as an option for your post-secondary enrollment, uh, go to your high school counselor and ask them about the school and then go visit. And like Rob said, their students and graduates have an average of 13 to 15 job leads per student, per graduate, which I think is that's, it's incredible. It's just a, a really incredible time in the market and knowing that their graduates are so skilled and skilly trained, skillfully trained is what I'm trying to say. When they come out, that's awesome. Uh, and then of course, we also talked about diversity and the efforts that the school is making um, for women in candidates of color. And he talked about that it is a strategic priority for the school. They've got their Women in Technical Careers program. Uh, they have scholarships that are offered, which in addition to their Pathways to Careers program, which is for students of color, for their scholarships, it's increased their enrollment uh, in these groups up to 20%, which he did say seems somewhat low, but coming from where they were, which we didn't ask, but what was the number before it was 20%, but it's increased. So they're on the right track there. Again, if you have any questions about the school, go to the website, dunwoody.edu. And uh, they, there's phone numbers to all of the programs, Rob's numbers there. And we can link that to our show notes as well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining this episode of the Conic Blueprint, brought to you by Conic, a recruiting company focused on architecture, engineering, and manufacturing in the Midwest. Find out more at conicnetwork.com and follow us on LinkedIn. Also, follow this podcast for the latest episodes. We're excited to hear your thoughts, so please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time on the Conic Blueprint Podcast. Conic Blueprint.